The views and opinions shared by they might be toxic hosts, guests, or sponsors are those of each contributor and do not necessarily express the official view of the brand. We are not doctors, and this podcast should not be mistaken for therapy. Nothing expressed in this content is intended to malign or harm any party or person. We are simply here to discuss and dissect our toxic relationships and to learn about yours. Welcome to the podcast. All right. So today on the podcast, we have Evie. Welcome, Evie. Um, Today, we're going to be talking about toxic dating um, in the context of toxic relationships. Um, I found Evie on TikTok and I died laughing at her videos. As soon as I saw her, I was positive that we had very similar chemistry. um, And in our intro that we had definitely confirmed. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for coming. Um, So let's start with the basics. Um, obviously, and you can sh- reshare your TikTok at the end too, but please, if you would like, you know, some more followers, feel free to share your TikTok handle. Um, and if you want to share your, um, your age as well, I wasn't sure if I should ask that, or I can clip this out if you don't want to. No, you're, yeah, you're totally fine. I am 30 years old. I was 30 this year. 30 is a good year. Honestly, yeah. I feel like when I hit my thirties, I was really scared because I, you know, of course, like there's that myth right? Like, and it is a massive myth. And as soon as I hit 30, I was like, damn, it just keeps getting better and better and better. And like, now I'm 47 and I'll be 47 actually in a couple of weeks. Like legit, it does get better. It's interesting because as a woman, I feel like I got to know myself better. My confidence grew. I stopped questioning, you know, all of the toxic programming we receive as children, both men and women, like just, there's so much like so much ridiculousness around the stories that we tell. Um, And I think that a lot of those stories lead to our toxic dating decisions. So often it's like, yeah, who are we trying to please with some of these decisions or, you know, who told us to believe that? No, absolutely. I mean, I, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like when I turned 30, especially like the day I turned 30, I was having like a mini existential crisis And all of that was like based off of like, again, like the toxic shit that we see on TikTok and on social media that like, now that I'm 30, like I have like no worth, I'm like over the hill, I'm like disintegrating from the inside out, like all of these weird things. And like, I'm smart enough to know know that all of that is just like misogynistic nonsense and it doesn't reflect reality at all, you know, but it definitely like, it definitely felt like this big, like, oh shit like I'm 30 and all of the things that I thought that I would have by the time that I turned 30, you know, when I was younger, I was like, Oh, when I'm 30, I'll be married and I'll have kids, et cetera. When in reality I'm 30 and I'm single, I don't even think I want kids. I don't even know if I want to get married. And my life is really great. Like it's, it's really great. I mean, like I have a great job that I love and I have this new beautiful apartment that I live in and great friends and a relationship with my family. Um, And I just, I kind of had to just throw out all of that toxic social media stuff, especially things on, you know, on TikTok, all these like male alpha male, you know, creator people who are like, once a woman turns 30, like she's been ran through and it's kind of like, yeah, well, right. Like I've had a good time and I know what I like. So 
that's it. Yeah. And I mean, really like the language around older women, you know, washed up, you know what I mean? I've never had anybody call me any of those, those sorts of things. And what's been interesting is like my preference is to actually date younger. I have, a re- and I know this is like the totally wrong thing to say, but like, I have a hard time dating dudes my age. Like if I met a guy that I felt was like as attractive as I am at my age, I would totally date a guy my age. But mo- I feel like most guys who are my age look like they're 20 years older and I'm just not, yeah. you know what I mean? And, and honestly, like some of the younger guys that I've that I've been with have been around for, you know, years. I mean, and there's not been drama and there's not been stupidness. I think it's just, I, it I think it always depends on for both parties, the set of experiences that you're bringing to the table, right? Because we all come with our rose colored glasses that carry all of our experiences, good and bad. And the more bad experiences you have, the more you're expecting, like, you know, I was telling my, um, the other, my other podcast host, you know, there's a list of 50,000 things and you're probably going to hit at least one of them in the first 20 minutes. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I also, I, I noticed that too, like guys that are, you know, in their mid late thirties, um, you know, even like early, early forties that they do, they do tend to look like a lot older than I feel like I look or my, you know, female friends who are my age look. And I do think to some extent that's because men have been told forever that they don't have to care about their appearance as much that, you know, they're, they're the breadwinner, they're the prize and that women have to do all of these things to stay younger and, 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 you know, and get rid of wrinkles and get Botox and fillers and all these things, which has now led to women looking significantly younger at the same age than their male counterparts. Um, and I've definitely noticed that I had recently gone on a date with a guy that was 35. So he's like five years older than me. And I thought that he, when I saw him, I was like, this man is like 46, like at minimum. And like, I just, in you know, he wasn't, um, but I was also like, you know, have, do you wear sunblock? Cause I, like, I feel like you might not wear sunblock. Like it was just, you know, this, I'm getting the vibe that you don't wear a sunblock. Um, and I do think that's that's part of it. And I think that's another way that, you know, just this misogyny in our society is starting to negatively impact men because women, we don't, you know, like we don't need men the same way we used to. And I know that's like right. a big, you know, contention among a lot of men and like these alpha podcast men. But the reality is true. Like most of us, we have jobs. We can support ourselves. Like we don't need to you know, to put up with shit that we don't want to put up with so we can have like a breadwinner and a protector and someone to take care of us. It's like, you have to, you have to match the energy. Um, and and technology, I feel like technology definitely leveled the playing field. Yeah. All of a sudden women can get ahead of men like really quickly. Like, you know, I mean, we don't have to be firefighters and football players, but we can now at least make more money than you. We want to. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. That's funny. So what would you say, sorry, I lost one of my shoes. What would you say is your uh, top three red flags for the dating profile swipe? Oh God. Okay. I mean, the first one, and this is like an immediate left swipe for me is if they have that thing, that's like, I'm, you know, I'm six one because apparently that matters. Like I don't have, it's that sentence. Like I don't have an issue with them just saying I'm six one or I'm whatever height they are. It's the, because apparently that matters. And it's like, like immediately swiping left. Cause it's this message of like feeling angry and like pissed off that there is some type of physical requirement for men, despite the fact that women have had a million physical requirements put on us constantly. And it's like, day one. 
since day one, you know, and they're like, God, well, apparently all women care about is height. And it's like, it's like, there's a, no. there's already a vibe there that I don't <laughs> like. It's like, yeah, I mean, God forbid women prefer one thing, bro. It's just one. And also a lot of women don't even care about that. So it's also yeah. the assumption. It's like, they're angry and we haven't even matched yet. They're you already know what I love about this one is that um, there's this great film on Netflix. It's called uh, This Changes Everything. And it talks about how, you know, like 90% of what's in Hollywood that we've been, you know, exposed to for 95% of our lives is created by men. And if you really think about the Disney syndrome or whatever you want to call it, you know, the six yeah. foot tall, they created the rules and now they're mad. Right, exactly. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's like you guys created this fantasy world in which the hottest men are like six two, six and the big broad shoulders, and you have to be, you know, they have to look this certain way, and then you get a tiny little blonde print. Like it's, it just cracks me up because I, you know, I'm really thinking about that. I'm like, wait a minute, they made that rule. We did not say you have to be six foot tall. They said we want to be six foot tall, and that's what we think a man is. And now we get blamed for you know, having that seep through our culture. It's just funny. Yeah. Okay. Number two, what's your second? Right, number resume? two. Oh my gosh. Number two. Um, I feel like anytime, I mean, first of all, I mean, I don't know if we wanted to get into like, you know, political stuff. I don't want to go into it too far, but I definitely swipe left on like, um, on not, not political, I think, or moderate, especially in this kind of day and age, where it's like, I'm not trying to make assumptions about what you believe or what you don't believe, but you have to care about something. Like you can't just like the not political, like, I'm like, I'm just going to opt out of human rights because it's like, it doesn't affect them directly. You know, you're like a cis right. white man. So, you know, who doesn't, you know, you're never going to be necessarily affected the same way that women and people of color and members of the LGBT community are affected. And it's like, like, you can't just like be like, I don't care about any of that. Like, to me, that's like, it's <laughs> a red flag, bro. Like, I'm like, no, like, like, you know, you have to you have to think that I at least like deserve human rights. Like that's a bare right. minimum requirement. Um, and so that's definitely like the second red flag. And then I think one that's just another one that I just really like is when they put their age, but in their bio, they put a different age. And then oh, they're yeah. like, like well, as if they didn't know how to do the settings. Like they like, knew they lied when they made the settings. Yeah, like exactly. And then they're like, I don't, I can't change it. It's like, yes, you can, bro. Like I know the profile start over start over it's just that's like what is that about I just always assume they're changing their age so they can like match with like a higher or lower range of women I think it's that but I think what they don't realize is that if we legit like older or younger people we put that in our settings right yeah it's not you know you don't need to lie about it and if you need to lie about it then we don't need to be talking Right. It's like also like, again, you're already lying. And like, we haven't even talked yet. Like, that's not a good, that's not a good sign. So I really, I I don't like that. I will swipe left on that. And then also just going through like, you know, photos, that's like a whole, the whole other, you know, topic is anytime I will swipe left on a guy who's posting a photo of himself surrounded by like, incredibly beautiful women because it says it says to me like this is who this is the standard like this is who I can get and there's something about that that feels a little antagonistic to me where I'm kind of like I'm not even gonna really the place to put that photo yeah if you're if you're a dude and you're actually thinking about it yeah exactly because it's like like the women they're around are these like super tall like skinny you know blonde girls or whatever and they're like well, and I mean usually when I see that kind of stuff it feels like the you know dude that didn't get enough attention and then went to Hooters and 
yeah, you know, posed with the Hooters yeah. girls. And like, I just, I, I'm, I'm going through this phase right now where I'm just like mirroring everything. Like, what yeah. would it be like if women did that? Can I get all the bartenders over here for a photo, please? Like, yeah. Like, like take off your shirt life. and then take a photo of me so I can yes, everybody flex. Yeah. Like I immediate left swipe <laughs> for me. Like I'm not even, that's, that sounds exhausting. I'm not even going to try. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So, all right. I feel like we're about to get into the more fun. Like my hands just started sweating as soon as yeah. I started <laughs> even asking the question. Um, so let's talk about dating nightmares. Um, I don't know if we should go one for one <laughs> or yeah. we should go to the group. I feel like I'll share, I'll share my horrible, like someday when I write my memoir, which yeah. probably won't be for a while. Like I just, I'm waiting for certain things on that. Just, it's not time, but this would, this is definitely one of the stories that I've already written about. So when I moved to Nashville in 2003, I was moving there for college um, I started dating this guy and I don't even remember how the hell we would have met back then. Like it was, I mean, maybe MySpace or something weird like that. <laughs> I mean, it was also, you know, like it wasn't like now, right. Where there's like 50,000 dating apps. So anyways, this guy was um, in the PhD program at Vanderbilt and we started dating. We went out to a really nice dinner and because I lived in a different town, so I lived about an hour and a half away and I went to school in Nashville. So the only time we would date would be when I came to Nashville, you know, we would do, you know, we right. would have a date or whatever, spend some time and then I would leave. But we never ended up back at his place. And so like three months in, I'm like, and obviously we were having sex back then. I was pretty adventurous. So I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> um, and so one day I'm like, let me just put his name into Google. And yeah. boom, wedding pictures. Oh no. Oh, he no. had gotten married two weeks before he married me. Two weeks. Oh wow. His poor wife. Oh my God. I mean, obviously that sucks for you too. Sucks all around. So of course I make the phone call. And at this time I wasn't smart enough to just be like, Boop. right. Exit door, you know. I had to make the phone call, you know, drag the breakout for another month, you know, cry, like do all the shit. Right. So I make the phone call and he proceeds to tell me that he's been with this girl since high school. They've never had sex. And on their wedding night, when he tried to have sex with her, she said it hurt. She couldn't do it. And two weeks into the marriage, they still hadn't had sex and he needed to have sex. And that's why he did what he did. Ugh. I mean, and it was a freaking nightmare. Like they're both, they were both like PhD, like they're right. autism researchers at Vanderbilt. Like it, it was just, you know, I mean, and at that time, I think we'd been seeing each other for about three months and I probably went for another month or two. Yeah. Just it, dragged myself through that drama yeah. of like having feelings for him Um and like you know, wanting to believe thinking that, like, that I was in love with him and thinking he was going to choose me. Right. Because like, Oh, right. we have all this great chemistry and he doesn't want to be married to her. They're not even having sex. Right. Right. And then eventually he did sleep with her. And that was around the time where I was like, that's cool. I wasn't really wanting to go, you know, I wasn't really wanting to yeah. see him. <laughs> so yeah, that was, that was probably my first like really big gaslight. And definitely the first time I got like deeply involved with somebody married like, and obviously completely unintentionally, because I would not do that intentionally right. ever. Yeah, no, I, I mean, you know, that my, the last thing that happened to me, like the last thing that I had posted on TikTok was my first involuntary mistress 
story. Um, and I'm still reeling from that. Absolutely. Like I'm still, because like now that you also, you know, me and his thing went on for like six months and now that I'm like, it's done and I've like, I'm separated from it. I've been thinking about it so much. And like, I think the thing, cause like so many people in my comments were like, how is it possible that you didn't know? Like it's been six months. How, how did you know? And, you know, I wasn't really looking to be in a relationship with him and he wasn't really looking to be in a relationship with me, obviously, cause he was married. That's not what he told me originally, but mm -hmm. we both had, we had matched and we both had like a ton of chemistry. And I think we both were, we're both like temporary people. Cause I mean, I'm a grad student. I'm going to be graduating and moving and you know he's a medical student he's going to be graduating and moving and so it just felt like it didn't make sense for us to attempt to form a relationship so it was entirely like a casual thing and even though it was casual we still hung out a lot like he took me out to restaurants and bars and we talked and we spent a, like we spent a lot of time together and it is true that I never went to his place which I didn't think about too much because he said he had a roommate um, and I just like, I have my own place and I'm like, I don't want to like hook up with you with like a roommate right there. Um, and so, and we, I live on like the other side of town too. So he'd always like make the effort to like come out to my side of town. It was just easier to just hang out at my place. Um, but you know, now that it's, you know, it's over, I'm thinking on it, like the lies that he told were so elaborate and they were so yep. like, they felt so <clears throat> real because they, they, they felt, they felt real because the way he would, when he would say them to me, it was like, he wasn't skipping a beat. Like I'm clearly not the first mistress that he's had because these mm -hmm. were clearly practice. Like the first thing that he told me on our very first date was I asked him about previous relationships and he had told me that he had been engaged like 10 years ago. Cause he's from, he's a uh, Polish, he's from Poland. And that he was engaged like 10 years ago to this woman that I think was like his high school or college sweetheart. And they were going to get married and they were, he had, they were engaged. He had proposed to her and they were going to move to the United States together. And that she had like bailed at the last minute and got cold feet and decided not to come and how it like broke his heart but that had been like many years and he was like totally recovered like that entire thing was a lie like he's married to that woman and she lives here in the United States with him like and I just it was the very first thing he told me and he told me it's so like perfect and my person did the roommate story too he said I have a roommate but it's my ex-girlfriend Oh, <laughs> but it which was, was technically not a lie, right? Because she used to be his right. girlfriend, but now she was his wife. wife. Yeah. And what's fucked up is that there was this one weekend where she was out of town and I was still in it. And I went to their condo and I was actually, you know, had sex in her bed. Like just how fucked up? Like, it's, I mean, yeah. Maria now, like me now would never, ever, ever, ever. Um, and I'm kind of shocked even that I did then, but I don't know. I think I think that I justified it by the fact that they hadn't slept together. And I was right. like, well, he's not sleeping with her, so it's okay. But I mean, really, like, if I was her, that would totally not be okay. Like, yeah. no situation of my husband sleeping with another woman would, would be ever okay. Like, be okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And the, the thing for me that, like, you know, I was definitely, like, suspicious like I had felt like something was off because one of the big things so like you know we're here you know in Tucson and he, he every like at least every week usually like Saturdays or Sundays he would go to Tempe and he would be in Tempe for some of the weekend and then he would usually try to stop at my place like on the way back from Tempe and um and I would be like you know oh why are you going to Tempe why are you going to Tempe and he would say oh like my it's my mom lives there and I have my mom's you know house or whatever and I'm going to you know spend time with my mom and I'm like okay like like, as much as I appreciate you being close to your mom, like what 40 year old man 
like is so attached to his mom that he wants to go home and spend every weekend with her. And so I was, of course, like very suspicious. I was like, something feels off. Like maybe he's got a girlfriend in Tempe that he lives with. Like something is weird. And I had confronted him about it. I had confronted him and he had told me this like entire sad story about how you know, he lost his dad when he was younger and his mom had him when he when she was really young. And so they're kind of like almost of similar ages. And he had to become like the man of the house and take care of his mom. And so that's why he goes home every weekend. And like it, this, it was the kind of story that involved like a parent dying. Like, what was I going to do? So I was kind of like, OK, you know, like you're either a lying piece of shit or you're like an incredibly devoted son like, and I really wanted to believe it was the second one. Like, right. I really wanted to believe that. And also when you talk about a dead parent, it kind of puts the other person in a chokehold a little bit of like being able to like be like suspicious about that. But of course he was going home to his wife. Like, I just, oh. I feel like <laughs> every narcissist has like a number of elaborate dead relatives. Yeah, like <laughs> dead relatives that have like, that they could just whip out anytime when they're trying to manipulate somebody. Or there's an they need to go cheat and they're like, oh, my grandma's in the hospital. Yeah. I thought she died a couple months ago. Yeah, I'm like, you know what? Like you only, you only have four grandparents max. And so you better use those wisely. Like as the years go I'm on. I'm keeping track. Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> wait, which grandma? Yeah. <laughs> like, no 100 percent, and it's just like it's so bizarre and you know of course when I posted that TikTok and it went like massively viral and the wife did she did find out so one of her close friends um reached out to me on Instagram and was like hey is the guy does his name rhyme with you know whatever and I said yes and then she sent me a picture of him and uh she obviously is this him and I said yes and then she was I was like are you the wife and she's like no I'm a close friend of the wife and so she asked me to send her like all of the receipts you know the text messages everything and I did and then eventually his wife a few days later reached out to me on Instagram I sent her all of the same information and um and like it was just it was messy and it was it was shitty. And even though I know that I didn't do anything wrong, I did not know the second I did find out, obviously, I would have never, you know, accepted that situation. Um, I'm very much a girl's girl, and I would never want to, you know, put another woman in that situation. Um, But I still feel like shit, you know, like, I still feel like, just like guilty and like dirty when I don't feel like I, I should. Um, and that's been kind of like the biggest thing for for me to unpack. And I was just like, I was played and I was manipulated. Well, and that's like-, like the exact symptom of the gaslight, right? Is that like, first we get gaslighted and then we gaslight ourselves. Yeah. And we quite, you know, how did I not see it? He didn't. Know, yeah. and, and of course, like a, hindsight is always twenty twenty. It's always perfectly clear once we know. But there is yeah. always that, I, you know, woman's intuition, women's intuition, that thing does not lie to you. Like, I don't think I've ever felt that horrible feeling in my body and then gone, oh, nothing was going on at all. Right. Right. It's no, I hundred percent. Cause I had that gut feeling I did. And I confronted him about it multiple times being like trying to question him, being like, what's this about? What's that about? And he always had not only a very convincing answer, but an answer that involved a sob story that would make me seem like an asshole if I continued to question it. Um, and, and so I think that that was a very successful tactic on, on his part because it, it worked. 
And uh, like, like, I mean, he would say shit to me. Like he, like uh, one of the last times I saw him, he was like, we should take a weekend trip away together. And I was like, oh, like, is your wife going to be there? We could all hang out together. Like, I just like like, thinking back on it. I'm like, what, like, where is your wife in this scenario? Like just taking a weekend trip together, you know, going like, you know, going out to bars like three times a week in restaurants and him always paying, you know, these like 60, you know, 50, $60 charges. And I, you know, and, uh, you know, kind of like, how did she not know? How did I not know? Like, he's just, he's excellent at what he does, I guess. I mean, I would have to assume that anybody who can hold up that kind of a lie for that period of time, you know, they have to have a second cell phone or a good plan or whatever they're doing, like hidden apps, whatever it is, fill in the blanks. I mean, I think that ultimately when we want to get away with something, we figure out how to. Yeah, I know. Absolutely. But I just like, I'm like, are you, like, are you sick? Are you like a psychopath? Like what, what is going on? Like, that's um, bad. Yeah. 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 I think so. One of my worst ones was definitely, so there's this person that I knew in Nashville and we met right when I moved there, I think it was maybe 2005. And I still remember his very first message to me on MySpace. Are you my soulmate? And he, and that he was like the most beautiful man I'd ever seen. <laughs> And, um, the first night we met, he came to my house and he like, you know, had already asked like what all my favorite music was. And at that time I was into Jack Johnson's like totally bad right now, but like back then, like that was my jam. And he shows up literally with his guitar and like, you know, candles and it's raining outside and he plays some Jack John and I'm just like melting. We kissed like one time said goodbye. And then, of course, within a couple of days, I found out that he had a girlfriend. Right. And what was really weird is that I became friends with both of them. So both with the girlfriend and him. And then they both ended up famous. It's like, you know, we lived in Nashville and they were there for their careers. But at the t- when I met them, they were not famous. They were just oh, you know, so curious, just like anybody else. They were, you know, playing their guitar, right. not making any money. They were probably both servers. But within five to six years, they went on one of those competition shows and they won and they ended up with huge record deals. And, and so anyways, I had this very long friendship with them and they stayed together as a couple. And like I said, him and him and I didn't hook up. Like there was that one kiss, nothing happened. And I always was still attracted to him, but we just remained friends. And I'm, I'm good at like not being, you know, I'm always never like flirting behind her back or anything as I liked her. And we definitely like the three of us would hang out sometimes. So Flash forward 20 some years, I guess 19, whatever, La- like a year or two ago, I'm in Vegas. Um, I lived there for like two years in between Nashville and where I'm at now. And he is coming through to record some music and he asks if I can pick him up at the airport. And I'm like, yeah, no problem. So right. I go pick him up. And again, I'm still like friends, Maria, but still really attracted to this guy, but also like made up the spare room. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there was nothing in my mind about like anything is going to happen. So I almost never drink like a few times a year, maybe. And we and he definitely drinks a lot. So we start drinking. And next thing you know, we're like by the pool. We we transition to the bedroom. And as soon as we're done, he starts like. He didn't cry, but almost um, that he has a pregnant girlfriend back home. Oh my God. Oh, and the pregnant part is just like. And she was about to have an abortion next week. And I said, 
I'm just curious if you have shared this with her that you feel this way about this. Like I literally counseled right. him through the situation and then they ended up, they have a kid now. Like, right. Oh my God. <laughs> like I never in a million fucking years and he knows me, right? Like he knows my heart. He knows what kind of person I am. Never in a fucking right. million years would I have hooked up with him if he would have told me that. I don't know, before we had sex and not yeah. right after. But I mean, the reality is, is like, like he didn't tell you because it would have hurt the chances that I'm hooking up. And that was one of the thing with my married man, um, you know, is that like when we when we had first started hanging out, like, and we had a, kind of, we had a conversation, like a really transparent conversation where we kind of agreed to the terms of this situation where like, you know, we were, neither of us were in relationships, but if like I had said to him, like, if I start sleeping with somebody else, or if I start dating somebody else, like, do you want me to tell you? And if so, like, do you want right. us to end this? And he said that he did, he was like, I, I want you to let me know so I can decide what I want to do with this. And I was like, okay, that's fair. I will do that. Um, and then he said, what about me? And I said, if you are date start dating or someone else, sleeping someone else, like I like, yes, I want you to tell me, but then like, we would not continue. There'd be no thinking about it. Like that would be it. And, uh, and then I said to him, like, if you were, if you, you know, like, I would not be comfortable dating you if you were married, if you were in a relationship, like, that's not what I do. That would be totally unacceptable to me. And like, we literally have this conversation full out and he promised me that he, you know, that he would never do that. And he would let me know. And I think the thing that really irritates me is that like, there are a million girls on Tinder in our area, on Hinge, whatever, who, you know, especially the younger girls who would be comfortable hooking up with him, if, even if he had said that he knowing was the actual truth, knowing yes. the actual truth, and they would still be interested in hooking up with him. And it just drives me nuts that like he continued to go after me when he could have gone after anybody else that would have been comfortable with it. But he continued to choose me over and over again, despite the fact that if I knew the truth that I would never talk to him again. And he knew that. And I feel like that's just like, you could have, you could have had anyone like, why me? Like I, why one person that wasn't comfortable? Like, and I just, you know, and I, and I, I don't even think that it was like he, because he just really had feelings for me or because I'm just so special. I think that he was getting off on the, the lying part. Like, I think he was getting control. off on the control of knowing that I didn't know something and that I wouldn't want to hook up with him if I knew. And I think that he was enjoying that dynamic. Right. Um, What's interesting like about the, the Vanderbilt dude is so, I don't know, probably 10 years into the future, I ended up dating this guy who worked in the building next door and somehow the two of them became friends. Like Nashville is like a really small you know, like it's a big right. city, but it's a really small town also. Don't ask me. I don't even remember how or why I introduced them, but they ended up really liking each other. And of course, they loved the fact that they both had hooked up with me and whatever. <laughs> and so I was I was still friends with the one dude, but not the married dude. And of course, married dude um, still had a side piece, you know, a different side piece. Right. And the other ex had told me he like tracks her phone. I mean, like essentially like kind of stalker level, like right. that's what I would have been dealing with. Like I just, <laughs> and like, I'm such a fuck no on that kind of thing. Like, I don't, I don't want to stalk someone. I don't want to know where you are 24 seven. And I yeah. sure as shit don't want somebody treating me that way. Like I am one of those people who can be very open in a relationship where like you get your freedom. I get my freedom. Like whatever we decide the arrangement yeah, no, I'm the same is. Exactly. Like, 
I'm just not an ownership you know, tight, but it's just, yeah. When I heard that he was tracking her phone, I was like, oh, that's interesting. I'm glad that that wasn't me. Yeah, dodged a literal <laughs> bullet. No, I'm the same exact way. Like I don't, I don't want to be tracked. <laughs> and I don't want to track anybody else. I also just don't want to have the responsibility of having to track somebody else. Like if I feel totally like I track you, I don't need to be with you. Like I should be able to yep. be with someone who I can feel comfortable and trust where like, I don't need to know where they are every second of every day. If they want to go out to the bars with their friends or whatever, like I should be able to trust that they're not going to like cheat on me while they're out at a bar. And if I feel in some way that that's, that I can't trust that, then A, I either need to go to therapy or B, I need to break up with this person. Like it's one or the other. Like there is no healthy relationship where two people are like literally stalking each other behind the scenes. Yeah. Thank you for listening to They Might Be Toxic podcast. We truly appreciate your likes, subscribes, shares, and especially your time. We wish you safety, insight, and empowerment as you navigate your own healing path. They Might Be Toxic podcast airs every Sunday at 8 a.m. Central. If you've enjoyed our content, please subscribe and look for our books on Amazon, Apple Books, Barnes & Noble, and wherever books are sold.